Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We're going to start in uh, Matthew, actually. So if you guys would, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Tonight we're going to be talking about spiritual orphans. Spiritual orphans. If you watched Chosen episode 3, and if you're new to this Bible study, what we're doing is we're using The Chosen, which is a crowdfunded series about Jesus through the eyes of his disciples. Very, very powerful show. We've gone through episode 1, Fear Not, episode 2, Shabbat which is the Sabbath. And then tonight we're going to dive into episode three, which is about the children. We're going to talk about spiritual orphans. Episode three. Anybody really like that episode? Was that, did that really, when I first, when I first saw this episode about six or seven minutes in, I was like, where are they going with this? Like following a little girl around and stuff. She's hanging out in the woods, playing with a doll. I'm like, am I watching the right show? What's going on here? And it turns out this little girl happens upon Jesus's camp in the wilderness. And Jesus is fasting. I don't know about you guys when you're fasting. When I'm fasting, I am way more irritable with kids than Jesus was in episode three of The Chosen. So I'm working on that. Pray for me. But but Jesus spends time with the children. And it's actually a very, very powerful episode because there are so many instances within that that kind of foreshadow the kind of teacher that Jesus is going to be for his disciples, and also the difference between what Jesus is bringing to the table and what those kids are learning in their school. Their school at the time wasn't the public school we have today. Their school at the time was Torah class, Bible class. So it's very, very interesting to see some of that unfold. And tonight, I want to talk to you guys about being a spiritual orphan. Because in this episode of The Chosen and in the reading that we did through Isaiah, through Jeremiah, regularly God shows himself to be the good father. And we as men, his beloved sons. Part of the gospel is to be invited into the kinship, the family of God to be a brother of Christ. So let's talk about some kids, shall we? Matthew chapter 18. This is Jesus talking. Or well, he's about to talk. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, this is verse one, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
Jesus called a child to him, and he put him among them. Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Verse 6. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were thrown into the depths of the ocean. Woe to the world because of these stumbling blocks. So, I told you I volunteer with children pretty regularly. My wife is the director of children's ministry here. So I'm hanging out with five-year-olds. Let me tell you, I get more nervous about sharing a parable with them than I do about teaching you guys the Bible. Because God says about teaching men, hey, be careful, do it right. Don't be stupid. It's, you know, there's a little more words than that. But with kids, though, man, I better watch out. Great millstone tied about my neck. Jokes aside, do you guys know why? Because children are impressionable. Children are very impressionable. There are a lot of dads in this room. Almost, almost every guy in this room is a dad. You know that young kids hang on your every word, man. When you actually stop and you look them in the face and you tell them something, they listen. And they listen to some of the weirdest stuff, too, even when you don't stop and look them in the face. You hear it from them a couple days later. You're like, oh, no, you were listening then. <laughs> God has more to say about kids. If you will, flip a couple pages over to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I promise this has something to do with Isaiah in just a second. Tell you all about it. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you as, as a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? When was it that we saw you as sick? or in prison, and visited you. And the king says to them, Truly I tell you, just as you did unto the least of these, who are members of my family, so you did it to me. And then he'll say to his left hand, It's the opposite. You guys haven't gathered. Depart from me, those of you who are accursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For when I was hungry, you did not give me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. When I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. When I was naked, you did not clothe me. When I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. 
And they will answer, Lord, when, when did this happen? Verse 45, he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do unto the least of these, you did not do it unto me. And these ones will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. We have a very serious misunderstanding about spiritual children in our world today. Has anybody ever said, I want my kids to have better than I had? Anybody ever said that? In this passage, it would be very tempting to think, wow, I've helped feed some kids. I've helped feed those who are hungry. I've donated clothes. Those were serious needs, especially at the time. But let's fast forward to today. Did you guys know that our homeless who get to hang out in homeless shelters with running water experience more riches than Solomon. You guys know that? If you've had an avocado recently, you're a little richer than King Solomon. King Solomon never had an avocado. They didn't grow in that part of the world. You know what I'm talking about? You got to flush a toilet today? We're pretty dang rich, guys. You know what really stinks about all this physical abundance, though? is that there are still many spiritual orphans among us. I'm going to say that again. If, if you have said, I want better for my kids than I had for myself, be really careful about how you define better. You understand? Be really careful about how you define better, because in this episode of The Chosen, what is better for these kids? In fact, at one point, Jesus even says to the little girl, she says, we're not very rich. And he says, yeah, sometimes that's better. The actual verse from the Bible is it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because it's like, hey, man, all this material stuff, it gets, it can get in the way. It can get confusing. If you guys would close your eyes for me for a second and just picture this, okay? I'm not trying to be judgmental or anything, but I, I, I want you to picture something. It's a living room. There's a warm fire. Everybody just had dinner and it's wonderful. There's a five-year-old sitting in a rocking chair on the other side of the room from his grandpa. Grandpa's watching the news and the five-year-old is on an iPad. Open your eyes. Is that connection? Is that the kind of connection those kids had dancing around the fire, making wooden figures with Jesus in this episode? Now, I'm a parent in the 21st century with a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I have used an iPhone for five minutes to get a conversation in with my wife on the way to wherever we were going without the kid going, Dada, Dada, Dada. Same time, though, guys, I want to point your attention to something Isaiah was really passionate about. Because Isaiah, through chapters 1 through 12, is working really hard on King Ahaz. Dude. 
this Israel is going to get destroyed. Judah is going to get wrecked. If one, you guys don't acknowledge God again, and two, you don't start taking care of the orphans. And we walk around Greenbrier and we're like, oh, there's not a lot of orphans running around. We must be doing well. I hang out with really small children regularly. I hang out with men regularly, and I'm telling you, there's just as many spiritual orphans among men as there are among little kids. This was a hard episode for me because I grew up without a dad. And I know that my identity in Christ is supposed to be the beloved son. My relationship with my earthly father really made that hard for me to understand. Was that the case for anybody else? Anybody else willing to admit that? My relationship with my earthly father made it really hard for me to get this whole God thing. He brought his son. He's not allowed to raise his hand. So <laughs> don't raise your hand. <laughs> Still working on it, Dad. Something really hopeful, though. I'm going to have you guys turn with me to the last verse in the Old Testament. Malachi, chapter 4, verse 6. Malachi, chapter 4, verse 6. The very last book in the Old Testament. It's just four chapters long. It's not very long at all. Malachi is a powerful book. The name actually means the messenger. That's what Malachi means. The very last verse, chapter 4, verse 6. Chapter 4, verse 6. In that day, he, that is God, through the prophet, will turn the hearts of the parents to their children, and the hearts of the children to their parents, so that he will not come and strike the land with a curse. Some translations say, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their sons and the hearts of the sons to their fathers so that destruction will not come upon their land. I hope you understand as I'm talking about spiritual orphans that it's not just our kids. Every man in this room is a spiritual father to somebody. There are people who look up to you whether you know it or not. And they're trying to model themselves after what you're up to. Oh, he said it, so it's fine for me to say it. Oh, he did it, so it's fine for me to do it. And everybody in here is a spiritual son of somebody. We're looking up to somebody. I hope God's on that list. That's the, that's the thing. That's the core of this whole thing, though. Jesus understood the value of being impressionable as a child. Remember, unless we become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Meaning, if we don't have faith like a child, if we don't see things new as a child, if we can't come to a reckless, believing love as a child, we're going to have a really hard time with those whole kingdom of heaven thing. 
because adulting makes us numb and cynical and frustrated and angry and but not kids even kids who have been through the worst are still energetic upbeat hopeful And we as spiritual fathers, we turn our hearts to the spiritual orphans. And if you're a spiritual orphan, you need a heart toward the father. Why? Well, Malachi says so that our freaking world doesn't implode on itself. Guys, I grew up without a dad. Do you know the statistics of a guy who grows up without a father in the home? I have an ACE score of seven. Does anybody know what ACE is? Adverse childhood events. Nine is as high as it goes. Sexual abuse, watching your mother get hurt, divorce, poverty, it's all on the list. I should be in jail, hooked on drugs, taking the whole world down with me. I can stand in front of you guys. To, I'm, a, I'm a living miracle. I'm not saying it's because of anything I did. It's part of my come to Jesus story, okay? But I can stand in front of you today because God put spiritual fathers in my life to lead me along. And throughout the journey, I've also been careful to, to look for potential spiritual orphans. Hey, man, I don't know everything but I can teach you something I do know. If you guys would bow your heads with me. No one looking around. There's two types of guys in this room that I want to pray over. One of you have been through it. You've been fathered really well. And you need God to put a few spiritual orphans in your path so you can bring them along. You need to have a heart for that. You need to have eyes to see. Another one of you, you've never been the beloved son. The idea of fathering somebody sucks because you never really got to be fathered. When I was lonely, a spiritual parent took me fishing. Now I can fish for men. When I was broken, a spiritual parent listened to me. And now I can hear my wife, my sons, and my friends. When I was lazy, a spiritual parent ran with me. Now I can run the race that God set in front of me. When I was full of pride, a spiritual parent challenged me. And now I can lead by washing others' feet. When I was confused, a spiritual parent taught me the Bible, and now I can read and understand the wisdom of ages. When I was lost, a spiritual parent prayed for me. Now I can lift up my brother when he's in need. When I was wrong, a spiritual parent forgave me. Now I can forgive and be whole. When I was a mess, a spiritual parent loved me. 
Now I can love my neighbor as myself. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray for you. If you're a guy in this room who needs a spiritual father in your life, you haven't been fathered. You don't know that you're the beloved son. I want to pray that God puts a man in your life to do that for you. If you're a man in this room and that's you, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please raise your hand. I see you, brother. If you're a man in this room who would say, I have been well fathered, but I'm dry. I have nobody that I'm mentoring right now. I need God to renew my eyes. Show me what it's like to be a kid again in a spiritual sense. Put somebody in my path that I can help. If that's you, please raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you, brother. Father God, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for the words of Isaiah that we've been going through for the past several weeks that point our hearts in the direction of seeing what's important to you, of looking past the things that are happening in this world right now to the little things that we can actually make a difference in, God. Thank you for all the little children in this community. I pray that your spirit falls fresh on them and that as they join our family here at this church, they will find thriving spiritual fathers who can mentor them, who can come alongside them and their families, who can love them well so that they will grow in the way that they should go and not depart from it. God, I pray for the men in this room who have not been fathered. You have been such a good father to me through coaches, through pastors, through friends at work. God, I pray for the men who raised their hands, that you'll put a spiritual father in their life, that they'll seek ways to be mentored. They'll make the time, they'll take the energy, and they'll stay with it. Being the beloved son is wonderful, but it's not easy. And God, for the men who raise their hands in this room who need somebody to mentor, God, put spiritual orphans in their path. Give them eyes to see. Help them to see those who need encouragement. Help them to see those who need their attention, their time, and their care. Give them eyes to see how best to challenge how best to nurture, and how best to encourage. You are a good God. And as we discuss our reading tonight with each other, I pray that you speak to each one of us through the many mouths in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.